You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie and today I got a show for you and it's an idea from a listener who reached out on Facebook. Uh, not true. I'm never on Facebook. So <laughs> he reached out on Instagram. And by the way, if you've sent me friend requests on Facebook and I haven't responded, it's because I'm not on Facebook. Uh, I am on Instagram though. And he reached out. His name is Derek Chase at Chase EDJ, uh, Chase DJ one uh, on, on Instagram. And so he reaches out and says, why don't you do one on misconceptions about personal trainers? And I thought, man, that's a great idea. And there are boatloads of them, but I said, why don't you send me some ideas and I'll use yours. And so this is from Chase DJ one on Instagram, who gave me a list of things to talk about. So he's got the ideas. I'm going to elaborate on them. Let's have a conversation about it. One, the first thing he said is people, as a misconception, think that personal trainers are all meatheads. And I can, I get that. Like, I understand. I'm a big dude. <laughs> uh, I don't get that very often, right? Like, I'm 5'8 I'm and maybe a buck 50. So I don't get the meathead thing, but as a misconception and a generalization, that that can be pretty true, probably less in some of the bigger cities where we get a lot of people that are just gravitating towards the fitness industries. And, and even some of the smaller ones now, we don't just see people kind of wearing weight belts and drinking a gallon of water in one hand and a, and a, um, a protein shake in the other. And that used to be like all we would see. And so the reason that misconception exists is because that misconception was based in a very real reality of the only people that were personal trainers, but this is so long ago, the only people that were personal trainers were people that were hitting the gym all the time. And, you know, it wasn't really a job like 25, 30 years ago. It was the biggest dude in the gym would have somebody come up to him and say, hey, I want to be big like you. Can you help me? And they were like, uh, no, get out of here. And the guy's like, how about I give you 20 bucks? And they're like, oh, yeah, come over here and join me. So uh, there are misconceptions of that we're all meatheads, but we've been working for many years and at NASM, a, a large part of it to shift the mindset of who a fitness professional is. And, and I think we've done a good job and we are trying to do better and get that out there. So it's a great first comment that, that I'm happy to address. So the, the next one is that we know everything. So we get people that ask us questions. I know I have um, clients, even from years ago when I knew nothing, would ask me questions about all sorts of things that I have no business as a personal trainer trying to answer. And, and, and I think he makes a good point is that you shouldn't be afraid to admit that you're not sure about what something is and let them know that you'll look into it and you'll try to get back to them the next day. And you know what your questions are, it, they're important and that we're here to help you, but we don't just know things. Uh, the other thing is that we get that I, I wanted to bring up is that sometimes people just, and they're not working with us, they don't believe trainers know anything. 
They don't believe personal trainers are anything but people who exercise and then ended up getting a job and they're now charging people just to make stuff up to exercise. Um, there are parts of that that ring true. And the reason those parts ring true is because we do make stuff up to, to exercise, but it's all based on science as opposed to, I think this is cool, this is a good idea, let's give it a go. Or at least the, the trainers that are skilled at training, the apt trainers are the ones who are saying, all right, well, let me provide a systematic, progressive means of getting somebody from where they are to where they want to be versus let me put together a bunch of cool exercises that burn calories and get your heart rate up and then maybe you'll get to where you're hoping to be. So, you know, I tell people all the time, you can, anybody can give you a good workout. You can stop somebody on the street and say, give me a really difficult workout and they can say, I don't really know anything about it. And you're like, I'll give you a hundred bucks to do it. And they'll go, oh, okay, run up these stairs. And then when you get there, do 50 burpees and then come back down and do that again. And you're like, my gosh, that's a great workout. No, it's an exhausting workout. It's not a great workout. It's an exhausting workout. What is it doing? What are you trying to get out of it? And that might be a great workout for some people based on their goals and what their outcomes are. But there is a means of getting people to where they need to be. Also, how do we track that? How do we put that together so that we can track progress and show people where they started, show people where they want to go? And, and this is the direction that we've taken in order to get there. We provide this systematic progression for people. It's a progressive system, these exercise selection that we utilize and the programming that we utilize. And that's one of the great things about the NASM OPT model, which is starting us from stabilization, strength to power, giving us a base and something to build on top of. Systems that lead to progression. So some people think I had a, had a, a client that I used to train that is now a personal trainer. And he used to be that guy that said, oh, trainers don't know anything. They don't know what they're talking about. And then he met a trainer and the trainer just said, hey, I heard you said personal trainers don't know anything. So how about this? I watched you do this. Your arms don't really go over your head very good. Like you've got your tight hamstrings. Let's do a quick assessment. They did some assessment. He did a few things. And immediately the guy, my, my client, had gotten more range of motion, more extensibility in his hamstrings. And he was like, oh, I guess, I guess personal trainers aren't just a bunch of charlatans that are just giving people exercises that, that maybe they know more than I do. And now as a personal trainer, he's there and he's learning another system of education that the company he's working for is offering. And he's saying, I don't know if that's any good. And he's just the guy that isn't sure that what you have to offer is good. And I'm gonna tell you this, all education is good. All education is profitable. All education is beneficial, provided it's based in science and it helps your clients. So uh, he's learning more and more every day. Some of it's different than what he learned when he went through his NASM certification, but he's benefiting from that as well. So uh, he's got a great base as an NASM CPT and an NASM CES. He's learning something new, something different. And I just said, don't push back against it because it's different than what you know. Learn what they know and then you are going to start to understand 
a little bit about what they know, a little bit about what you know, and you're going to find a great peaceful place where you can be educated, you can be creative, and you can support people in their process and in their journey. All right. Uh, another misconception that people have is that personal trainers work out all the time. And even if they don't, it's only because they don't have time to. And if they could, they would work out all the time. And that's not true. That's not true. It doesn't mean that we don't like working out, even though I've met numerous personal trainers that don't seem to enjoy personal, uh, that don't seem to enjoy working out. Um, but for the most part, it's just a different love that people have for fitness, these personal trainers. And I even think that maybe they don't do it all the time, but there's a great appreciation for fitness. There's a great appreciation for wellness. And as Fabio Camana said one time in our podcast here, he talked about people exercising and that being something that they don't enjoy doing. And he goes, imagine something that you don't enjoy doing tell, and you are you have somebody that tells you you have to do that thing that you don't enjoy for an hour every day. And he was like, think about flossing your teeth. You love flossing your teeth? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, what if somebody told you in order to be healthy, you had to floss your teeth an hour a day? Would you do that? And I was like, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Something tragic would have to happen in my life for me to be like, let me floss for an hour a day. And he made the statement that, that's basically what people feel like with exercise. Exercise is not something that they necessarily enjoy. So we need to understand that as personal trainers. They think that we want to do it all the time and they don't understand uh, working out and wanting to and loving it. But they also think that we don't understand not wanting to work out. I think that's incorrect. I think we do understand what it's like to not want to work out. Um, it's just a drive. It is a change that took place somehow in our lives where we prioritized this and knew that this needed to be something that we do. We don't necessarily love it, but I will say this. I, I go for, for runs pretty regularly now, and I used to hate running, and I, and I do it consistently. And I don't know if I like running, but I know I don't hate it. Here's what I do know. I am proud of myself after I go for a run. So I may not like it, I may not necessarily enjoy it, but I love how I feel after. I love this kind of runner's high that I get when I stop running. I love the amount of pride that I get when I am, when I've completed a task that's challenging for me. And somehow this, this kind of challenge reward, challenge reward, challenge reward system is enjoyable to me, enjoyable to a lot of trainers, but we don't do it all the time. We don't want the challenge all the time. We're, we're okay with not being proud of doing that every single day. And we also know the importance of that we need to take rest and recovery days as well. Um, piggybacking on that, Derek points out that not only do people think we work out all the time, but they think we are perfect with our diets. And that they, he says they, they think we eat nothing but chicken and fish and sweet potatoes, rice, broccoli all day long. And that's, that's how we live. And that is not how most trainers live. Now, if you've got somebody prepping for a bodybuilding show, that is exactly how they live while they're prepping for their bodybuilding shows. Um, maybe if you've got somebody that is in the process of 
doing combat sports and they're trying to cut weight and things like that. And they're prepping for fight and they're in fight camp. The diet's really, really quite good. And then you get some people that are personal trainers and they post these giant donuts and these great big cookies and, you know, dripping burgers and stuff like that. And you look at that and you're like, they can eat that and they rarely eat it. Um, and you get all of this, this idea that we're perfect and, and we're so perfect that I have to post a picture of when I'm not. Um, that might, that might be true, but, uh, I think most people have a relative, most trainers have a relatively decent diet. They have, um, their cheat days, or some people don't like the word cheat days, their freedom days, or their days that they allow themselves to open up and just have more things that they don't feel as comfortable eating because they don't feel, they know that it's not ideal for them, their body, their workouts, but they enjoy it. So we talk about regularly when it comes to behavior change. First of all, not don't beat yourself up when you're not quote perfect because eating food that you know you shouldn't be eating doesn't make you unperfect. It is a challenge to you and know that some part of it is it might be your gut microbiome and your gut tells your brain what to feed it and all of those flora in your stomach or in your intestines can control your cravings. So if you've ever gone by and so let's say like a Starbucks and some days you walk in and those pastries don't look good at all. And some days those pastries, you could buy every one of them and eat them in that moment. Why is that? And we have different mechanisms in our body that make us work and um, desire food in different ways. And some of that is through our gut microbiome, I will say that the cleaner you eat, the more high fiber foods, adding in more fruits and vegetables throughout the day will start to shift your microbiome and it will start to shift how you perceive food and what you like. So find foods that you like that are healthy and eat more of those foods. Same thing with the exercise from the previous conversation. We work out constantly, that's not true, but we might find things that we enjoy and do that constantly being consistent and doing it regularly is very, very important. All right. Other things that people may think they were all drill sergeants and there's no freedom in, in what they do in their workouts. Cause all we have to do is what they tell us to do. Uh, some trainers are like that and there's no doubt, but I do like to have my clients participate in their fitness journey with me. I want to know what it is that you like so I can incorporate those workouts and those exercises more in your program. I want to know how you feel about exercise. I want to know what you enjoy doing. I want to know what you don't enjoy doing so I can kind of leave some of those off the table. Or if I find that they're important for you, maybe I can modulate how they're implemented so they're a bit more palatable for my clients. I want to know a little bit more about what you like and what you don't like because we need to work together to help you reach your goals. And here's the other thing, and this is really important. When we work with our clients to develop programming strategies, then the, the outcomes based on the science, the outcomes of them doing it more often and sticking to it, their adherence to the exercise becomes greatly increased when they have an active participation in what that program looks like.
So yes, I like writing programs for people and saying, this is what we're going to plan out for the next several weeks. And that's the program, but the exercise selection within that program might be altered a little bit based off what somebody likes or what they dislike so that I can get them to be more consistent. I can increase their adherence and their compliance to the programming that's put out there. So are we drill sergeants? Yeah, some of us are. Are some people eat perfect? Some do. Some these awful stereotypes that <laughs> trainers eat well all the time and they work out all the time. Um, that's not necessarily true, but I will say this: we're not all meatheads. We don't know everything, and we definitely know more about fitness than the average person that you would talk to. We don't work out con uh, constantly, but we work out consistently. Our diet is not perfect, but we oftentimes pay more attention to our diet because we prioritize what that means. But don't feel like you can't talk to us about not being perfect. As you get a trainer that wags their head and says, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. Sometimes that works for people. Sometimes that doesn't work for people. So different trainers, different styles, different ways of talking, like the drill sergeant. And there's some personal trainers that are the overly empathetic personal trainers. And there's some personal trainers that just talk in their session far more than they focus on the workout. And that I find to be really challenging. And that's difficult. Sometimes our clients do that. We need to strike a balance. And we need to find the balance that works both for us, who we are, what our kind of core values are, who we are as a person, our integrity, and how we go about doing things and how that works with certain people. Sometimes we need to change and switch a little bit to better fit a particular client. And some trainers are out there that say, hey, I am who I am. You got who you got. And if you like me as a trainer, let's get it. And you don't like it, find another trainer. And for their clients that work with them, it's fantastic. And for some clients, they need to find another trainer that can be a bit more empathetic and work more individualized with that particular person. Anyway, thank you so much for, for listening. And Derek, thank you so much for putting out some of these misconceptions about personal trainers. And I appreciate you taking the time, Derek, to reach out to me. And I hope that I did this uh, a little bit of justice in what you were looking for. And I hope that you found it helpful as well as everybody else. You get a chance. Please make sure that you subscribe to the NASM CPT podcast and you like us on Facebook and give us a review on your podcast streaming service. My name is Rick Ritchie. You can reach out to me on Instagram, dr.rickritchie, or email rick.ritchie at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.